0: Well, if you sat through that Bills Jaguars game, you get a gold star, and I hope you got to sit through the Saints Panthers as your reward for it. I sat through neither. did get to see the end of the Saints Panthers this evening, though. How you doing, everybody? Come on into the first Central Region Now Podcast of two thousand eighteen on this chilly, but at least it's not as frigid. Sunday night as we record and many of you with a bonus Monday off but for some of you it comes with a cost down the road in the calendar. Looking at you Chesterfield County and they may not be the only ones too. Chesterfield County schools among many in the metro area closed on Monday and they've already announced that uh, not only is February 2nd now a full day of school so you don't get the half day on that Friday, but February 19th is now a day of school, and at one point that was a holiday. So, the good news and the bad news. Kind of like the NFL this weekend. Um, I didn't get to watch a lot because I've been uh, working and on the road and here, there, and everywhere, and uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, did not see any of the Bills-Jaguars game today. Uh, we were down at the Siegel Center with uh, VCU women's basketball taking on Duquesne, and the Dukes staying unbeaten in 8-10 play with a victory this afternoon. VCU, if you look at their record right now, yes, they're struggling, they're struggling mightily, but they get two new players this past week, both freshmen from Moscow, and both of them were pretty impressive this afternoon considering they were only their second collegiate games in their lifetime. Um, Looking forward to see how this extremely, and I mean extremely young VCU team eventually gels. I think they're going to be playing much better by the end of February when we get to tournament time than they have been here in the first half of the season. So Ram fans, be patient with Coach O'Boyle. She doesn't have a senior on the squad. Uh, It's all essentially freshmen and sophomores with again two additions here this past week and again the Rams are somebody that I would not want to have to face in the first round of the Atlantic 10 championship uh, at the end of February because they could go somewhere by the time they gel congeal they've got talent they've got athleticism they've just got to have the time to put things together so VCU goes to Rhode Island on Wednesday night hoping to get their first conference win and their fourth win of the year. Big win for the University of Richmond Spiders ladies last night. Huge win over LaSalle at home. Looking good doing it as well. They were off to a really good start in non-conference play. Then they struggled on the back half of the non-conference schedule. Uh, but they're now 2-1 and one in Atlantic 10 play. Will be there next Sunday when they take on Davidson. That's a 2 o'clock tip at uh, the Robin Center. If I could get on my high horse for just a second, I rarely do this, but sitting again at the Siegel Center this afternoon, I thought to myself as I looked at these sea of empty seats at the women's basketball game, and I don't care if they're 3-12 and 12 or 12-3, and three, um, in the years that I have covered the Atlantic 10 women's basketball scene here in the area, I've seen a sea of empty seats at the Siegel Center, and that includes on a Saturday night after a Saturday afternoon home game where the home crowd left after selling out the VCU men for the umpteenth time. They left their trash all over the Siegel Center, and that was the condition of the place when the women hit the court. And I was just kind of pseudo-disgusted by it, to be honest with you. Um, why, why can't we get 1,000 people? Just 1,000. I'd be happy to start with 1,000. And please don't tell me, well, the, the NFL was on. It. It was cold today. Yeah, you know, beyond the shadow of a doubt, if VCU men were playing Duquesne at 1 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, that place would be sold out. There would be 7,500-plus hanging from the rafters. Peppas were there. The band was hot. It was a great atmosphere. We just need the people. You need to support women's sports. Come on, folks. Let me see you out there. And that's just not, not just VCU. I'm talking University of Richmond. Well, look at Virginia Union. Look at what Virginia State is doing this year. Still undefeated. They should be packing out that beautiful new facility on campus in Ettrick. And Randolph-Macon's women are having a good season. We traveled up to watch them play preseason ODAC favorite Eastern Mennonite on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Frigid free throw shooting doomed the Yellow Jackets. They had a chance to win it, but when you shoot 9 for 23 at the line, most times you're going to lose. And they did 60 to 54. But they've got the two-time U.S. BWA National Division Three Women's Player of the Week in sophomore center, Kelly Williams. She is averaging fans. Listen to this. Averaging 24 points a game and almost 20 rebounds per game. And then you put on the other side on the weak side, when they all collapse on Kelly, we've got a developing sophomore standout, Charlotte Woods from Trinity Episcopal in her second year at Randolph-Macon. And she went for 16-16, and 16 Saturday in that game up in Harrisonburg and is having a very good season as teams are collapsing on Kelly and and Charlotte's getting opportunities and she's taking good advantage of them. Now the Yellow Jackets need a couple of people on the outside that can hit that basketball with consistency. And if that happens, uh, Odak is wide open in the women's side this year. Wide open. And, and any any of seven or eight teams could win the tournament in Salem at the end of February, and the Yellow Jackets are one of them. On the other side, the men's side, congrats to the Randolph-Macon men, 4-0 start in the ODAC, huge win uh, over Randolph on the road Saturday. Uh, they've got another big test coming up later this week, and they've also got Hamden-Sydney a week from Wednesday still to come here on the uh, home half, or I should say the front half of the um, ODAC regular season schedule. So a lot of college basketball going on. We got our eyes on it all. I know, Richmond fans, you're very frustrated right now at at the men's Spiders. Um, You know, an uh, overtime loss this weekend, or earlier this week, I should say. Uh, Lost to St. Louis in St. Louis Saturday night. VCU, after spotting LaSalle 15 in Philly, gets the win in Philly. That's a good win for Coach Rhodes and company. Atlantic 10 this year for, for Richmond. The only way they can, you know, is to hope for a tournament run to kind of get things together and hope for some magic to happen at the tournament. VCU could put themselves in a very good position to make a run in the tournament, but they'd love to finish top four. When you're in a league where you can get that double by uh, and avoid a game and and you only have to win a certain number to win the championship, you want to try to avoid having to win four. And, you know, in these bigger leagues, some teams have to win five in five days, which is almost unheard of. Only I think a few teams have ever been able to actually do it. So, lots of college basketball, lots of NFL football to talk about. Um, I listened to the end of the Titans Chiefs game coming back over Afton Mountain Saturday night from Harrisonburg. Uh, What a performance by the Titans in the second half, and what happened to Kansas City? I know they lost Kelsey to concussion protocol, but why wasn't Kareem Hunt and the running game, you know, they, they started strong with them, and and, and, and as time went on, looking at some of the stats post-game, it's like you get away from your bread and butter. And I don't know why teams do it, but I, I sit and I watch teams do it in so many different sports all the time. Something happens situationally, and they kind of get away from what got you to where you are. And uh, in the end, it could cost you. And so now four times since 1933, which is considered the beginning of the modern era of the NFL, and don't ask me why. No, there is no truth to the rumor that I was around in 1933. Um, Four times since 1933 have teams lost 18-point leads in the postseason and lost the game. And twice it has happened to teams coached by Andy Reid. So I suspect we're going to see some changes in Kansas City. Already the rumors are that Alex Smith's going to get traded. Man, if I'm Jacksonville or Buffalo after what we saw or what you saw and I listened to the tail end of the game between VCU and a meeting I had out of town this afternoon, uh, uh, for what I heard between what happened with Blake Bortles and what happened with Tyrod Taylor and what we already know what their body of work is at both Jacksonville and Buffalo, I'm both of those teams. I'm hot and heavy trying to get Alex Smith. Uh, that that would be an upgrade for both teams, especially Jacksonville. And I know you're thinking, well, they won today and Bortles ran. And, and I'm like, that's, mm, mm, mm. look at the body of work. Don't get caught up in a game or a couple of games or two, three game stretch. That's why Philadelphia is so on edge right now. And uh, sent out a tweet on Hanover Sports Saturday night. Got home and did get to see a fair amount of the Falcons-Rams game and you know, in the week leading up to Wild card Weekend, there a ton of talk on social media about the Rams. They're a trendy pick. The Saints were a trendy pick, and they almost blew it this afternoon. Um, but nobody was talking about the Falcons. Nobody. And what does Atlanta do? They fly to Los Angeles. They go across the country. They get a win over a very good team. They hold Sean McVay's offense to 13 points, and now suddenly – Yeah, they got to get back on the road again because they're the lowest seed in town, but they go to a Philadelphia team who essentially Nick Foles is going to have to prove to the world that he can replace Carson Wentz and get Philadelphia to the championship game. Uh, Suddenly, we have to talk about Atlanta as a possible returnee to the Super Bowl, and I know some of you don't want to hear that because of how they laid the egg in the second half and in overtime last year, but... Now they go to Philadelphia without Carson Wentz. After that, you know, it could be a division rival in New Orleans or it could be a trip to Minnesota. And if your defense can stop Jared Goff, your defense should be able to stop Case Keenum. We got to talk about Atlanta a little bit more, fans. Just got to. Uh, Over on the AFC side, it's been clear for quite some time that it's New England, Pittsburgh and everybody else. And I think that'll shake down next weekend. I don't see a way that Jacksonville wins again in Heinz Field. Um, and I think they just caught Pittsburgh on a bad day early this season. And you'll remember that was the game where after it was over, you know, people were talking about is Big Ben going to retire now? And, and some crazy stuff was coming out. And now, you know, it, as as it happens so many times in the NFL, you get a game like that in the regular season and what happens those two teams end up playing again in the postseason, and it's a much different story. And for Tennessee, very happy for them. They, they've they made progress. Uh, the owner gives the state of approval today to their head coach. They're going to go to New England, and it's probably going to end up 45-10. I mean, how many years have we watched New England win a divisional game on a Saturday night by Big scores. I remember when Tebow won in overtime in Denver, what, 2011? And they went to New England, and everybody, Tebow versus Brady, and the game was over before halftime. Um, uh, This wasn't the divisional, but the AFC championship game a few years ago when it was Andrew Luck in Indianapolis and, and New England. Not a problem whatsoever. Pittsburgh can give New England a game in New England. Nobody else in the AFC can. So I think we pretty much already know what the AFC championship is going to, honestly, and I rarely say that, but I just don't see Jacksonville or Tennessee winning next week. I think the NFC side is going to be so much more intriguing with Atlanta going in against Philadelphia without wins, and you got the Saints charged up with their win now going to a Vikings team that really is an enigma. Uh, You know, they they lose their quarterback. They lose their rookie running back. You know, remember Cook? Remember Dalvin Cook from Florida State? It was off to a huge start and then tore his ACL. And we all thought, oh, that's it for Minnesota. They certainly can't win with Case Keenum. And and they go 13 and three. Um, But it's been that kind of year here in the NFL where you've had so many changes and so many teams with so many differences uh, between rising up and falling down. And eight new playoff teams. Usually you have five or six, not eight. So can the Vikings become the first team ever to play a Super Bowl on their home field? Which ironically has only been their home field for what, two years? So it's not like, you know, they'd be going to the Metrodome or Metropolitan Stadium. Let me tell you something, fans. The Minnesota Vikings have not made the Super Bowl since they quit playing outside. And I have said for years that there is a that is a major reason why the Vikings have not returned to the Super Bowl. The last time they were there was the first time my Oakland Raiders won the Super Bowl. January 9th, 1977. It'll be 41 years ago on Tuesday. I remember that day just like it was yesterday. We were in the middle of a snowstorm here in the area. We didn't go to school the next day. We were out of school because of snow. And I remember watching Ken Stabler and Fred Belitnikoff slice and dice the Minnesota defense for a 32-14 win on my little TV in my living room back home in Beaverdam, watching, looking out the picture window, watching the snowfall and the big floodlight in the front yard. And uh, what a happy day, man. I was nine years old and finally my Oakland Raiders had beaten Pittsburgh, gotten to the Super Bowl and won. And the Vikings have not been back to the Super Bowl since. The closest time was the 98 season when they went 15-1, and but... Gary Anderson missed that field goal that would have clinched the game and a return to the Super Bowl. And Atlanta tied it and then won it in overtime in that surprise win. Uh, over Minnesota. They never made the Super Bowl when they were in the Metrodome. Metrodome opened in 1982 if memory serves me correctly. Metropolitan Stadium in Bloomington was a wild place to have to play football, especially when you got down to the end of of November, December and and of course back then December was playoff football around the holiday season. Remember I just said the Super Bowl that year back in 76? was January 9th of 77. season only lasted a little less than five months back then. We didn't have, that, I think that was the last year of the 14-game schedule. You didn't have the wild card round. You just had three divisions and a wild card team. So you had four get in from each conference. So you had two weeks of playoffs and then two weeks before the Super Bowl. Uh, But a lot of that was played in December. You had a lot of playoff football right around Christmas back in that era. And so watching Oakland and Pittsburgh and Miami back in those days and over in the NFC, man, the Rams, they'd be great all year. And then somehow they'd end up having to go to Minnesota. And, you know, the L.A. team just could not handle it when it was 10 degrees outside. And the Purple People leaders would go crazy. And Fran Tarkington would hand the ball off to Chuck Foreman. And when he had to, he threw it to John Gilliam. And Minnesota would grind out these wins. And they made four Super Bowls in less than a decade. Problem was, they never won one. They're 0-4 in the Super Bowls. So is Buffalo 0-4 in Super Bowl history but Minnesota with a chance to become the first team ever to play the Super Bowl on their home field. You can't officially say they're hosting the Super Bowl because nobody does. It's a a, a quote, a neutral site game that the NFL puts on. It's kind of like when we remember the, the four-year conference formats that we just went through. We don't have them anymore. Now we're in regions, but even in regions coming up here soon, we're trying to get the information now as to where region tournaments are going to be taking place for basketball and other events in February. And You'll have a situation like we did with uh, girls and boys volleyball in Region 5B back in November where it was determined months earlier that the neutral site for the region semis and championships was going to be Atlee High School. Well, it happened to be a year when the Atley girls did very well, and the Atley boys, even though they were young, they did well, too. So they got to play on their home floor, even though they weren't the top seed uh, in the case of the Atley boys. And that happens sometimes when you have that neutral site situation. Well, this has always been a possibility, with a few exceptions, for the Super Bowl. It just has never worked out minnesota is two wins away from becoming the first to play on their home field but it's only been their home field a couple of years so it wouldn't be a major advantage i don't think uh if you know they got a tom brady or a ben roethlisberger come in new england and minnesota have never met in the super bowl pittsburgh and minnesota played each other in super bowl nine in new orleans not at the superdome it was supposed to be but the superdome was not finished yet And they ended up playing that game at Tulane Stadium, the site of a couple of Super Bowls back early on in its history. Uh, Pittsburgh won one of the more boring Super Bowls, their first 16-6, back in 1975. That was the end of the 74 season. All right, a lot of talk today, and there's just so much going on, and it's you know on the television. Just finished watching at the end of George Mason, George Washington. Saw a little Cam Gatling action for George Mason. They have, they're off to a great start in A-10 play, but they fell today at George Washington. That's a big rivalry game to begin with um, uh, between GW and George Mason. Uh, they have a, a rivalry uh, situation, much like Virginia and Virginia Tech do, where they keep points and they award a cup at the end of the year and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, GW, good win for them. We mentioned Duquesne beating VCU earlier this afternoon. We were at Siegel for that one. Good to see head coach Dan Burt, who's now over 100 wins in his career at Duquesne in his, I believe, fifth season as head coach there. Been a career assistant in several places, including Duquesne, before he got promoted back in 2013, and he has really taken that program to new heights. Their team looked good today in stretches, but not over the full 40 minutes. If they put a full 40 together, they're going to be really Really hard to beat. Now, I have not seen Dayton, who won at St. Joe's today to stay unbeaten in the conference. So it's Duquesne, Dayton tied for first, along with Fordham, who I saw a little bit on television on Saturday prior to heading out to see Randolph Macon in Harrisonburg. And uh, uh, Fordham is going to be a team to reckon with. So March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, hope you'll be with us at the Richmond Coliseum for the 2018 Atlantic 10 Women's Basketball Championship. Quarterfinal Friday, semifinal Saturday in the championship. That's Sunday, March 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster and at richmondcoliseum.net. Let's get to the next uh, thing on the docket. That's the latest top 10 boys and girls basketball polls. And frankly, fans, no changes simply because there was very little action this past week. Monday night was New Year's night. Hadn't gone back to school yet. Tuesday night, we had a few games on the docket. Uh, on the boys' side, number two, Verina, struggled early with Colonial Forge, pulled away second half and got the win. Then we had the snow come in on Wednesday night. No school Thursday, no school Friday. We lost our game of the week, LC Bird-Cosby girls that we were going to do on Thursday. It's been rescheduled for January 25th. We are trying to make that happen as a broadcast. We've already been in contact Uh, with our friends at the uh, Cosby AD Department, so we're working on it. We can't call it official yet. One of the reasons is, if you've heard the podcast back before the holidays, uh, you may be aware of the fact that we are now days away from the scheduled arrival of my first grandchild, and so I'm a little hesitant to schedule anything the week of January 22nd, simply because I don't want to schedule it, promote it, and then at the last minute, be at the hospital and not be able to get to the game and give you the action as we promised. So we're looking at LC Bird Cosby on the twenty fifth. We're hoping to do that game. It's not official yet. As time goes on in the next week or so we'll be able to make a decision and let you know. Um, but we lost that one. We were gonna do the Hanover Atley doubleheader on Friday. We lost that to the weather and now with most schools in the metro closed on Monday a lot of makeup games. Well, a couple of makeup games, but a lot of other games going on on Monday, and all of them are going to be blown out too. And so suddenly now, the ads at the various schools they're spending a lot of time now trying to figure out: Can we get these basketball games made up, and if so, when? But even the bigger problem is the other winter sports. It's it's one thing to reschedule a basketball game. It's another thing if you were hosting a swim meet at Randolph-Macon College. Now you have to see if there are other dates available at the college. A third party comes into it, and sometimes you're able to reschedule, and sometimes the game or the event just falls victim. Um, You know, you had a wrestler Look at the big Richmond Invitational Wrestling Tournament we lost at Hermitage High School back in December because of that surprisingly early uh, December 8th snowstorm on that Friday where you you know you went to school that day you got out the snow was falling so there were no games that night and the weekend got canned as well at least that part of the weekend and they had to move the football state championships from Saturday to Sunday so already have a boatload of games to have to try to make up and for things like gymnastics gymnastics we had uh, Patrick Henry Atlee Verina, deep run supposed to be Thursday night and then they pushed it to Monday night, and now Monday schools are closed, so they're going to have to either push it again or they may not be able to do it because uh, you know, gymnastics, wrestling, those guys, their regional tournaments start as early as February 3rd, and that's less than four weeks away. So the calendar shrinks for the other sports other than basketball. Basketball goes on for another week to 10 days after that before they uh, get ready for regional play. So, having said all that, very little action this week. So, therefore, no changes in our top ten, either boys or girls. The girls. Ten, St. Catharines. Nine, James River. Eight, Mills Godwin. Seven, Verina. Six, Monacan. Top five, Cosby. Hopewell. Highland Springs. L.C. Bird. And number one, Trinity Episcopal. On the boys' side, Caroline stays at ten. St. Chris at nine. They had two games uh, postponed this past week. George with eight. Hopewell 7, Collegiate at 6, Highland Springs 5, John Marshall 4, LC Bird 3, Verina 2, and still Trinity Episcopal, who did get a a game in Saturday and a big win over Woodbury Forest, 83-49. Titans remain at number 1. Now the big news coming up this week is coming up this weekend, and that is the 10th Annual VirginiaPreps.com Classic. There are two sessions to it. The second one is down at the coast on the 27th. The first session is here in Richmond at Henrico High School this Saturday. And it's going to be six, fans, count them, six big games beginning at high noon. And uh, that first game will be Henrico, the host of that session, taking on the Jaguars of Glen Allen, who had a nice week between Christmas and New Year's, lost, In all of our discussion of other events was the fact that Glenn Allen went down to Florida, uh, played on that ESPN campus in a tournament there, and they won all three of their games. So the Jags are coming in with some confidence, and they will be taking on Henrico in the first game at 12 noon on Saturday. Then it's Eastern View and George Wythe. So the number eight ranked Bulldogs will play at 140. Number five, Highland Springs takes on Green Run. That game is at 320. And then we go live with a triple header here on the RVA Sports Network on our YouTube channel on Saturday evening, five o'clock. We join you for number three L.C. Bird against Lake Taylor. Following that, at six forty, Isaiah Todd and number four John Marshall against Potomac. And then our nightcap Saturday night. I, I you're like, oh well, you could be watching the Titans Patriots. No, thank you. I got another set of Titans I'm gonna be watching. Trinity Episcopal and W. T. Woodson is the nightcap at 820 on Saturday night. So our plan is to be at Henrico High School most of the day. We'll be giving you Twitter updates from the first games, and then we'll join you live on our YouTube channel on Saturday at 5 p.m. courtside at Guy Davis Court at Henrico High. We'll have L.C. Bird, John Marshall, Trinity Episcopal in triple header action from the Virginia Preps Basketball Classic. Their 10th annual on Saturday. The best thing for you to do is to come join us at Henrico High School. We want you to be there. Uh, You can save reserve tickets, but time's running out to do it. If you want to save money on your tickets, you need to email. You can reserve them now at tickets at MatthewHatfield.com. That's tickets at MatthewHatfield.com. Dot com and you can get a discount on tickets in advance. Uh, if you have any questions, best thing to do is DM at Hatfield Sports. That's at Hatfield Sports. Matthew Hatfield from Virginia Preps, more than happy to help you out. Does a great job organizing, promoting the tournament. Saw him uh, a lot over the holiday week uh, there at Henrico and uh, at the TDIT the week before, and looking forward to meeting up with him again on this Saturday. So six games big day of uh, high school basketball action and that's at henrico high school the virginia preps basketball classic and the final three games we'll have for you live here on rvasn on our youtube channel starting at five o'clock many ways to listen subscribe right now at youtube.com Sports network and you'll never miss another game of the week broadcast it's real simple uh, you click subscribe, and then you'll get an email alert from us every time we go live with a Game of the Week or every time we post a new video to our YouTube channel. And that's it. We don't spam you. We don't send you needless, mindless information. Uh, the other way is every time we go live, we send out links to our broadcast on Twitter, across our Twitter network, and we also embed the YouTube player to listen live at the top of rvasportsnetwork.com. So that's our next event, Saturday at the Virginia Preps Basketball Classic. Hope you'll join us and be with us there. Great action. We're hoping to have a big crowd out at Henrico. Want you to be a part of it. If for some reason you can't get out there, we'll have coverage of the final three games live for you on our YouTube channel. Really, really looking forward to that. Latest top 10 polls available now at rvasportsnetwork.com at the top of the page so what are we looking at in the week to come well nothing on monday night now because so many schools are closed hopefully with the weather finally getting above freezing monday and some rain coming in monday night it can wash what the the icy mess off the back streets and neighborhood roads get get guys get you back in school on tuesday because i'm telling you uh you know soon you're going to start losing some serious holiday time and we're only in the first week of January. We may have another storm or two on the horizon before this winter is over. And we sure don't want to lose spring break. That's for doggone sure. <sighs> so um, I'm, I'm hoping that the worst of the winter weather is going to be behind us here at, at this point. So we can get back to action because there's a ton of it going on. Uh, Tuesday night, we will be in Ashland, randolph making women's basketball hosting Virginia Wesleyan. And that's now an important game for the Yellow Jackets. Because of their loss on Saturday, they're in a three way tie for sixth in the ODAC. There is a five way tie for first with five teams at three and one. Randolph Macon is one of three at two and two. Wesleyan comes in at one and three, but they just got their first win over the weekend. So they'll be coming in with some confidence as it'll be Marlins and Yellow Jackets Tuesday tipping at seven, and that's on Hanover Sports on Twitter. East Coast Invitational Track at the Ash Center. Tuesday and Wednesday. We're going to get by there, try to get enough photos for a photo gallery and coverage on that uh, on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash RBA Sports Network. Couple of swim meets of note, Hanover hosting a meet Tuesday night at Randolph-Macon. Lee Davis and Atlee go head-to-head on Wednesday night at Macon. And of course, this Saturday coming up, it's the big one in the regular season, the Kikatan Invitational down at the Midtown Aquatic Center in New news we've been there on several occasions won't get there this year because we finally for the first time have been able to team up with virginiapreps.com to bring you coverage of their classics so we'll be there at Henrico on Saturday but we'll have results from Kikatan and pass them along to you as well rivalry night across the area uh, coming up on Friday night weather permitting up in Hanover County, Lee Davis is at Hanover for girls-boys varsity doubleheader action. And Patrick Henry goes to Atlee. We haven't determined which game we're going to be at live. Our games will be at live on Friday night, but we'll be at one of those doubleheaders with updates on Hanover Sports on Twitter. And we've got reporters that cover us uh, at other big events throughout the area all week long, which we continue to send you updates across our Twitter network at Henrico Sports in Henrico County, at Chesterfield Sports and Chesterfield, at Hanover Sports in Hanover, and for the city, the tri-cities, private schools, surrounding counties at the high school level, and for all of your Richmond sports news from VCU in Richmond, Virginia Union, uh, NASCAR, etc., cetera, et cetera, the RVA Sports Net on Twitter, that's the RVA Sportsnet. So hopefully weather goes away. We can have a lot of good action this week, and we'll keep you posted on that. Um, couple of thoughts before we say good night on this edition of Central Region Now, and of course Monday night. The uh, some I, I suspect there'll probably be some of you who are out there who play on a team that was scheduled to play on Monday night, and now you're not playing because school's closed, and you're like, great, I can watch Georgia Alabama. Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, you get to watch Georgia Alabama. I see that game as going to be very interesting. I think Georgia will, will play well. Um, but in these uh, teacher versus pupil situations, if the teacher is still in his prime, eight times out of ten, the teacher is the winner. Um, and, and I just have a feeling that, that Alabama right now is just on a mission after, you know, laying the egg against Auburn that they've been, you know, frustrated with themselves since then and they've been on a mission to prove everybody wrong and to get back and win another national championship. Um I don't think Nick Saban is as good of a coach as Bear Bryant. I never will. Uh and that may be generational and and, and you know, I respect you if you think Saban's better. I happen to have watched Bear Bryant in action and I also happen to believe that it was harder to win a national championship Back in the 1970s, than it is to win a national championship now because now there is a clear path. It may not be as clear as you want it to be, but at least now we have a Final Four in college football. In 1978, when Bear Bryant led number one Alabama against number two Penn State at the Sugar Bowl. And had a big defensive stand to win 14-7 to give them the, back then we all called it the mythical national championship because nobody won it on the field. There was no trophy to hoist on the field after the game. You had to wait till the next day to see what the AP and the UPI voters said. And then you could uh, celebrate your national championship. Most teams did it at a, a, a pep rally in their basketball arena after the event had happened. And from one year to the next, you never knew where the number one team was going to be. Was it going to come out of this conference or that conference? Would they have to go to the Rose Bowl? Would they be at the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl? Uh, And then if you had seasons where you had a team with a tie and three good teams with a loss, and let's say the team with the tie lost and two of the three teams with the one-loss records won, on New Year's Day, one of them won at the Rose Bowl, one of them run in the Orange I Maybe mean, Nebraska won the Orange Bowl, and the team that had the one tie, Texas, for example, in the Cotton Bowl, they get beat. And then you all waited for the next day to wake up and go, okay, well, who do the you know, writers thinks, and you know, who are the coaches thinks the national champion? And nobody got to hoist. Bear Bryant never got to hoist a national championship trophy at midfield anywhere. Um, but boy, did he, did he create some incredible magic at like Alabama. And Nick Saban has done the same thing he has done the same thing um are the athletes better in the in the, in the 2010s as they were in the 1970s absolutely uh, i think at any sport on any level if you look for the from the collective now you know can i take some 1970s athletes and say they could play today oh you better believe it you know i'm i'm sure some people out there or some people my age are thinking there's no way terry bradshaw could win a Super Bowl, much less four, if he played today. And I totally disagree with you on that, because that man had an intangible. He didn't look like a quarterback. He didn't act like a quarterback. He didn't, at times, play like a quarterback. Uh, But by the time that they were hoisting their third and their fourth Lombardies in the late 70s, Pittsburgh had transformed from a defensive first team to a team that could put up 30, 31, 35 points and and win the Super Bowl with the arm of Terry Bradshaw and the hands of Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, etc. So I, you get into comparison conversations, and it's very interesting. Um, but even if Nick Saban and Alabama win tomorrow night, and I think they will, I think it'll be a good game, but I think, I think they get a stop uh, on Chubb and the, and the Georgia offense, and they're able to put the game away very late and, and win the national title. Saban, one of the best of all time? Absolutely. Uh, I still think Bear Bryant's better, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, it's also stuck in my craw that Nick Saban walked out on the Miami Dolphins that just took for, for what's the word I'm thinking of complete disclosure. Um, the way he handled that situation, the way Bobby Petrino handled the Atlanta Falcons situation. Remember that years ago? Some of you may not even know about that. The coach at Louisville now once the coach at Arkansas. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's interesting. So good luck to both teams. Um, I'm personally rooting for Georgia. Because they haven't won a national championship since I was in junior high school. Back in the Herschel Walker days. So, always like to see a team win that hasn't won in a long time. You know, I don't have any teams left at the in the NFL. I mean, my Giants were horrible this year. My favorite team, the Raiders, had an extremely disappointing season. And, of course, a lot of talk about John Gruden coming in. He'll be announced on Tuesday. And until we get a secondary, I don't really care if they bring John Madden back as head coach. I just we got to stop some people. We, we got we to stop letting people score 31 points. Uh, I mean, what else can I say? So no Raiders for me to watch. My daughter's team, the Bengals, missed out, although Andy Dalton, what a wild scene last Sunday night there on New Year's Eve. And uh, I was in North Carolina at church at the time and got home to my brother's house and found out about how, you know, what happened in the last minute. They ended up knocking the Ravens out and a lot of a lot of Raven haters were really happy. Steeler fans were happy, you know, and and of course the the ensuing story of the Buffalo community, you know, with the the big donations to Dalton's uh, charity, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, but Cincinnati's got a lot of questions. I can't believe they kept Marvin Lewis. I, I just I'm I, I could not. I saw they're gonna you know let him go after 15 years, and I told my daughter that, and I'm like, okay, maybe they can finally get somebody who can get them over the hump. And then the next thing I know, it's a two-year contract agreement they're extending. I'm like, Are you, what? Are you kidding me? So, you know, I, I, you'll understand this, guys, when you have kids and you're in your 30s and 40s and, and start into your 50s, you'll start rooting for your kids' teams more than you root for your own. It's just a thing about being a, a father or a mother. It's a thing about parenthood. And so I watch the Bengals close more closely than I watch the Raiders and Giants. I watch the 49ers more closely because that's my son's favorite team, uh, and they've got a very bright future. I'm not going crazy. I'm hearing some people yelling, you know, 10 wins, a playoff berth. They might go to the Super Bowl next year. They still got some pieces to have to take care of, but they had a nice finish to the year. Garoppolo has a full ha- uh, off season with Kyle Shanahan and company that could be a very interesting situation next season. That NFC West in 2018, the Rams will be in there favored to win it. The Seahawks are kind of in flux and may lose some of the legion of boom to free agency, you don't know. Uh the Cardinals are in flux. Palmer retires, Arians retires, Fitzgerald may still retire. So it could be a whole new uh era in Arizona. And now you got San Francisco. Suddenly coming up and finishing so strong and looks like they've got their quarterback for the future, but they need a better running back than Carlos Hyde and they need a few more defensive pieces. And if they do that, then I think they'll they'll be in pretty good shape. Uh, Saquon Barkley will not be available with the ninth or 10th pick to (laughs) to either the 49ers or the Raiders. Draft this year is going to be fun. It's going to be really fun to watch because I'm not sold on either of the two big quarterbacks they're talking about from Southern California, Rosen or Darnold, uh, for UCLA or USC. And one or both of them may become really good NFL quarterbacks. But I'm the Browns, and I'm sitting at one, and I'm thinking to myself, if I can get a lineman to protect whoever is my quarterback for the next 14 years, to go along with Joe Thomas, who will come back from injury. And uh, you you want an example of a professional, a true professional. Look at Joe Thomas, the tackle for the Cleveland Browns. Number three pick over a decade ago. Has been with that organization through thin and thin. He's not sniffed the playoffs, much less played in them. And yet he's still one of the best tackles in the game. This was the first year he had gotten hurt and ended up missing significant time they get him back and they can add another piece to that offensive line. I I don't know, man. I there there are a few other quarterbacks I would consider taking maybe second round. And I might go after Saquon Barkley from um, Penn State cuz that kid uh, he ju- he just flats out flies. His his uh, that 92-yard run, I happened to catch that in the bowl game over last weekend. Remarkable run. Great blocking schemes he had the seam, but man, once he took off, is nobody going to catch him. And that safety on the angle should have had him and probably would have had seven or eight out of ten running backs. But Barkley didn't even make it close. Um, I'm not saying I'd take him number one. If he was available at four, I would definitely choose him. Because you got to remember, Browns have the Texans pick two. So one and four. Uh, come late April in the NFL draft. That's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, want to give a quick shout out before we wrap up to Evan Hughes, from uh, used to be from uh, Patriot Talk Live, the founder of Patriot Talk Live up at Patrick Henry. Now a freshman uh, at um, Virginia Tech announced over the weekend, and I'm so excited for him, out of some 175 applicants, I believe. Uh, Evan has been chosen this summer. He is going to be the director of broadcast operations with he's going to be director of radio broadcasting and communications assistant for the St. Cloud Rocks of the Northwood League up in Minnesota. It's an independent uh, summer league baseball, like kind of like the Piedmont League here in Virginia, where we have a lot of college baseball players who will um, play on those teams over the summer once their college seasons are done. Uh, And they play like 70, 75 games. And so Evan's going to have 72 games in 77 days <laughs> uh, on a radio station up in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, he, he's going he's to get baptism by fire in the radio business, uh, as I did back in the summer of 1986 up in the beautiful city of Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Uh, I was just on-air personality. I wasn't in sports at, at that point yet. Uh, but we're really excited for Evan. Uh, from May to August, he's headed up to Minnesota. And Minnesota in the summer is absolutely gorgeous. It is absolutely beautiful. So, Evan, shout out to you and congratulations to that. Looking forward to listening to some St. Uh, Cloud Rocks baseball this year. I'm going to have to get familiar with their roster and the league and who they play, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to be a lot of fun. Evan, so proud of you. Keep up the good work. All right, fans, back with another edition of the podcast next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're back with more uh, Atlantic 10 women's basketball. We're doing seven straight Sundays on Twitter at the RVA Sportsnet of Atlantic 10 women's basketball, leading up to championship Sunday on the 4th of March. Next Sunday, we'll be at the Robbins Center. Davidson comes in to take on Richmond at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and then a week after that, on the 21st, Richmond hosts Fordham, who currently is in a tie for first in the conference a uh, long time ago, the head coach at Fordham was the head coach at Richmond, Stephanie Gately. So a homecoming annual of sorts for her. Uh, and we'll have coverage every Sunday afternoon on Twitter at the RBA Net of either games involving Richmond or VCU. <coughs> Excuse me, getting to as many uh, A-10 teams and games as we can uh, before we head to the tournament. And again, the championship March 2nd, 3rd, 4th at the Richmond Coliseum. Hope you'll join us there. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster as well as richmondcoliseum.net. So join us there, won't you? Early March, we'll crown a champion and send a team to the NCAA tournament. Lots going on. We get through Monday's snow day. Y'all continue to be careful out there, as we do have still a lot of icy roads on Sunday night. Going to have icy conditions Monday until the temperatures can finally get above freezing. Central Region Now, an exclusive podcast presentation of the RVA Sports Network. and solely intended for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any other use without the express written consent of HCS Media LLC strictly prohibited. We've got some plans coming up later in the year 2018 to help us get further towards our eventual long-term goals, which we'll share with you as they get closer. Until such time, Rob with them saying have a great week. Be safe. Talk to you next Sunday here on the podcast and next Saturday from Henrico High School at the Virginia Preps Classic.